strong Canadian supporters of Israel and citizens of the fourth largest Jewish community in the world, regardless of our political and religious views or affiliations, we believe that it is imperative that we speak out at this time to challenge these pending judicial changes in a clear, urgent, and unequivocally strong voice. That's the voice of Gary Goldberg, a Toronto philanthropist, reading the closing lines of the full-page ad that appeared Saturday in the National Post newspaper. And by the way, ads like this can cost around $25,000 to buy. In recent weeks, Goldberg and his brother and a small group of Jewish community leaders, including Bernie Farber, have been deeply troubled by the direction which Israel's new Netanyahu government has been taking the country. They're concerned that changes to the judicial system are being pushed through the Knesset too quickly. These changes would place more political power in the hands of the sitting government while weakening the ability of the Supreme Court to impose checks and balances. They're also concerned about proposed laws that could curtail human rights and equality. So the group decided to reach out to like-minded Jewish leaders from across the country to sign an open letter to be published not only here, but also in the print editions of Yediot Achronot and Haaretz. The ads were supposed to run sooner, but they eventually came out days after Israel's prime minister announced a temporary halt to the reforms for the Passover holiday period to avoid a civil war, Netanyahu said, after a historic day of protest in Israel and a nationwide strike last week. Now, while some Orthodox Canadian rabbis and even Toronto's UJA Federation chief have urged that expressions of concern should be done in private one-on-one. Others have all felt they had to speak out publicly to voice their opposition. Members of this group, that's the uh, drafters, they want to express their own personal views on the events unfolding in Israel. And we believe that we're obliged to speak out uh, only for ourselves in in these circumstances because of this um, sense of importance uh, from from basically the, the yearnings in our heart. I'm Ellen Besner, and this is what Jewish Canada sounds like for Monday, April the 3rd, 2023. Welcome to the CJN Daily, a podcast of the Canadian Jewish News, sponsored by Metropia. Now, the list of the 300 names includes prominent rabbis, such as Rabbi Stephen Wernick and Baruch Friedman Cole from Toronto's Beth Zedek Synagogue, Yael Splansky from Holy Blossom, and Cleel Rose from Winnipeg's Congregation Eitz Chaim. There are prominent businessmen, Austin Butel and David Baskin of Toronto and Gilly Verrett of Ottawa, historians and professors, cookbook author Bonnie Stern, lawyer David Matlow, the CJN's Treasure Trove columnist, Mark Adler, a former Conservative Member of Parliament, Dahlia Lithwick a legal expert and commentator based near Washington, D.C., Ellie Rubenstein, who was recently awarded the Order of Canada for his work with the March of the Living, and Dan Brotman, the CEO of Windsor's Jewish Federation. The tone of the English ad is much stronger than the one aimed at the Israeli audience in Hebrew. That one is more conciliatory and says they, quote, support the aspirations to find a renewed and applicable balance between the Knesset and the courts, unquote, but they don't like how it's being rushed and coerced instead of being done by dialogue with all sides. The Hebrew ad also reminds the Israeli readers that Canada's Jews are behind them and love Israel because, quote, we don't have any other country. To find out more about their ad campaign, I'm joined now by Gary Goldberg. Why don't you start from the beginning? How did this initiative take shape? This uh, evolved from uh, a lunch conversation with a few friends. And we were concerned about what was happening in Israel. And we wanted to try and uh, express uh, that concern, 
concerned in a, in a positive way, a very caring way. So how long ago would have this been? I would say that this came up about uh, less than two weeks ago, actually. And in terms of uh, the, the wording and the language, can you tell me what the message was intended to do? Well, the uh, message, uh, obviously, any published message speaks for itself. So the contents were drafted in such a way as to be to be clear and um, try and uh, put into words what, what we were feeling in our hearts. So, uh, uh, In terms of the actual wording itself, it's about 250 words. Okay. Yes, that's, that's correct. What is the exact message? Because our, our listeners don't all subscribe. So maybe you can help me by kind of giving me like the 30-second executive summary. Well, it, it starts with the sentence, uh, well, the, the headline is uh, our concern for Israel. And the opening sentence is, we are Canadian Jews who believe in the promise of the state of Israel. It then uh, goes on to uh, describe um, some of the uh, some clauses in the Israel Declaration of Independence. When you look at some of the previous letters, open letters from other groups, other leaders, is that what gave you the idea that this was something that you should do as well? It came from our luncheon discussion. And when we when we decided to try and uh, draft this kind of statement, there were, weren't many other of its kind uh, in place. Now, recently, you, you had expressions from different organizations, but this is a personal message. And so there are other personal messages that came out recently, but uh, you have to appreciate with, with uh, the lead time needed to get an ad placement and submitted, as you know, you're a journalist. So that, that uh, affected when, when it actually was published, but not when it was actually drafted. So when did you intend for this to come out? Was it supposed to come out before or, or it was out of your control? Well, you know about deadlines. We missed one deadline, but we got the next deadline. What does it signal to Israel when you publish something, not just in a Canadian newspaper, but in two leading Israeli newspapers? Well, as I said before, in the, in the uh, <clears throat> excuse me, National Post uh, uh, ad, it was uh, the title was "Our Concern for Israel." In uh, Israel, we had the same message, uh, but but actually the title was different. I would say a very similar message. Obviously, it was it was published in Hebrew, so there's a difference in 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 translation and, and nuance for a different audience. But I would say that it was was uh, in terms of essence, it was essentially the same message. So, but the title was to our sisters and brothers in Israel. Now they're out. Have you had any reaction at all? And if so, what, what are you hearing or seeing? I haven't heard very much reaction yet uh, in Israel because it just came out this morning. And um, I, I, I think it'll be kind of hard for people to realize who and what to uh, how to react to something like this. But in Canada, I think there's been quite a broad reaction, which you can see online. And Anything surprising? <laughs> there's a lot of things out there. Um, no, I think by and large, I can say that uh, what I've seen is quite supportive, I would say. Why do you think it was necessary, Gary, to do a personal sort of ordinary Jewish leaders, this approach, as opposed to... Um, Jewish community, Sija, B'nai B'rith type of approach? We were speaking in a personal voice. We, this was kind of a, a very uh, personal attempt 
to express how we feel an attachment to uh, to Israel, and that this was a time of obviously great stress, and we just wanted to, uh, on a personal basis, express our our support and and sense of concern. But wasn't the communities, the leadership of the community in Canada, already saying things like that, or? We felt we wanted to say this message, but uh, we're influenced by the teachings of Rabbi Hillel and Pirkei Avot. The the rabbi advised, if I'm not for myself, who will be for me? But when I'm only for myself, what am I? The key line is, and if not now, when? So that, that, that was the principle that was motivating us. There was a sense of urgency and we felt that we, we each had a voice and we wanted to, to use it. So I guess, are you saying this is a parallel statement to what's already been expressed by major Jewish leaders, or this is a, something that you weren't satisfied with what was being said already and you needed to say it in your own way? No, I think that m- most uh, members of our community have a, a fairly sophisticated view of modern life and an awareness of Jewish history. So uh, they know that community organs have wide priorities and responsibilities that encompass all aspects of community life. And so for the sake of the diverse people who count themselves uh, and and speak for the sake of the diverse people who count themselves for the community. So they have a function that the community has a function, but people have a function. We, we, we have a right to express an opinion. So when we feel strongly about something, we, uh, I'm when I say we, I'm talking about the people who are drafting this message. So put it in the proper context. And I, as an individual, um, just really, uh, really felt that this was uh, uh, important. And so we, we, we decided to do this. We being the group, small group I'm talking about. Yeah. Why not go even further? And I don't know if you saw the Toronto Board of Rabbis statement recently that came out last week, where they literally spoke about LGBTQ rights and other kinds of social justice issues. Yours was much more general and nuanced. Well, <clears throat> it's interesting. There were a couple of uh, uh, opinion pieces in, in papers that came out just before us, Marsha Letterman in The Globe and uh, Martin Ray Cohen in, in The Star, and, and they articulated that how much, str- how stressful it was for them to try and address this issue. But, but we, we all know how important what's going on in Israel is to the Jewish community in Canada, obviously around the world. We're connected uh, very emotionally, very personally to to that situation. And um, we just want to express our concerns. And we feel as individuals, we we can do that. Was there any consideration or discussion? Like, how did you navigate the potential impact unintended, which is when this stuff gets published, sometimes it tends to bring out the haters and give ammunition to people who hate Jews and hate Israel? Well, that's a... A phenomenon that we, we can't control. I don't think that this this ad uh, is is a cause or contributes to uh, an, a growth in that phenomenon. I think we were very focused in what we we were addressing, and as I said at, earlier in in the, uh, our dialogue, that uh, we focused on uh, segments of the de- Declaration of Independence, which is the main. Um, the main constitution, it's not a constitutional document, but constitutional type, foundational, let's call it foundational document, legal document of the state. So we were we were very specific. That's the opening of the statement. So that's what we're talking about. 
How do you take the, how did you personally, because I know you're not speaking for the group, take the news that came out on earlier last week that uh, there's a pause now, but that the government is going ahead? How, how does that sit with you? Well, the community uh, spokespeople have called on both sides, as, as the government has, uh, of, the, uh, of the divide in Israel to uh, encourage them to reach a mutual agreement. That, that's the key point. I mean, w- 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 that's very positive that, that this kind of discussion is, is going on. Like, and, and hopefully there will be some positive outcome from that. And we, we're just emphasizing the jeopardy that the Jewish, to the possible jeopardy to the Jewish state, if the uh, change takes place without mutual agreement. Can you speak at all about the latest developments too, which is that the prime minister gave a new police force, uh, internal security force? Are you comfortable speaking about that too? That's way above my pay grade. Okay. How has this whole watching what's happened in Israel affected you personally and your day-to-day life? Well, I I have to say this is the first time I've done a podcast, so it certainly changed my day-to-day life. Uh, thank you for that uh, opportunity. Yes, I, 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 I would say that the people who were involved in drafting this, this was, this involved a lot of very careful thought and consideration and time. But um, it was like I've said repeated. I'm sorry for repeating myself, but it was really important to us personally. We were very concerned, and we didn't want to be silent in these circumstances. And do you think that other people have been silent and this is why you decided, okay, somebody has to say something? Uh, I think there's a, many people who have commented that in the press and different opinion pieces. But uh, you know what? Like I said before, it's not about what other people are doing. It's what we felt we needed to do and, and that we feel quite comfortable with. And are you expecting to get any response back from any Israeli leaders at all? We sent it because we thought we had a message that that we wanted to express publicly. And we found uh, that many other people, you can see by the number of signatories, shared that that message resonated with them to the extent that they they agreed to sign their name. And people signing their name on public, let's say, proclamations, open letters, however you categorize this kind of uh, statement, okay. Um, they don't uh, do that lightly. And, and, and I can say this, that we had, had people who were, really would have liked to sign it, but for professional reasons or, or other circumstances, uh, they, they declined. So we have a pretty, pretty good sense of, of how this resonates with other people. One last thing, Gary, do you think that what's happening in Israel is dividing the Jewish community in Canada too? Well, let's be realistic. If we're all one family and there's division in Israel, why wouldn't there be, you know, some some difference of opinion here in Canada also? I think that's 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 natural. It's this is a very stressful time and people people digest this in in different ways. So so that that's not unreasonable to expect that there's diverse opinions. Okay, is there anything else you want our uh, listeners to understand before we end off? I want to wish everyone a, a, a Chag Sameach and, and also to uh, use that opportunity if they like to have discussions about important subjects that uh, face the Jewish people at this time. You mean at the, at the Seder table? Well, it depends how formal you are at the Seder table, but uh, if you will 
have those kind of discussions at your Seder table, then this might be an interesting one. That's why we need five cups of wine, not just four. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it, it, yeah, well, Drink a lot. Just that will help the discussion or not, but uh, whatever the practice they, people prefer, we understand. And that's what Jewish Canada sounds like for this episode of the CJN Daily, sponsored by Metropia. Integrity, community, quality, and customer care. And today's listener shout-out goes to Anna Fried in Halifax. She wrote in when she heard our interview last week about the matzah shortage in her city. And by the way, there's an update to that, and you can read how 150 pounds of Jerusalem matzah arrived from Montreal and was handed out on Sunday. And the link to that story is in our show notes. I just want to end the episode by telling you that I went to a citywide pre-Passover collection of Seamus on Sunday. That's for holy books and objects that you want to throw out after you started cleaning your home for Passover. But you can't throw these out because according to religious law, if they have the name of God printed in them, they have to be disposed of respectfully by being buried in a Jewish cemetery. It was my first time doing this. I didn't know about the process. The young men behind the Beth Avraham Yosef Synagogue in Thornhill were collecting the Seamus. They had this big empty truck and people would drive up with their donations and you had to pay $10 actually to drop them off. But I had a few prayer books that I don't use lying around and I was glad to donate them. Have you ever used a Seamus before? Anyway, I learned it's not just for books, but even old mezuzahs and tefillin and even the weekly flyers from the synagogue. But you can throw out kippahs and talitot, either in regular recycling or in the regular garbage. Anyway, thanks for listening to the CJN Daily, and we'll be back Tuesday. (music) 